I have this thing I say a bunch of times, mostly at the end. Uh, today, the topic today can be, depending on your personality, this one can, might hurt a little bit, uh, but it has to. Uh, because anything we seek that is not um, bound up and found, found in who Jesus is, is going to ultimately lead us, lead us away from Jesus. And as Paul is not going to compromise as he sees false teaching, I have to do the same and press on you today that your mission in this life is not that people is going to like you. It is that you rest in who Jesus Christ has made you to be. And that is the gospel. Not that people like you or speak well of you because that is like putting hand, hand in your sand. No, to put, to scoop up a, uh, um, some sand and just see it run through your hands. And every time you get a compliment, you want more and more and more. And all of it is going to run out and you are going to end up being a slave to other people because you are going to crave their compliments and their, um, their compliments and their words. You're going to end up more empty than when you started, and it will be just like somebody on drugs. You will need more and more and more and it will never satisfy. And you will become a slave to that. And we don't want that for any of us. So Paul is going to continue from last time. And he's going to say, For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. To catch you up, if you are not totally aware, Paul is the one writing the letter with his team, and he's writing, Paul was born in, in Tarshish, Cilicia, which is there. He's writing to the people in that region of Galatia. Paul was raised up in Judaism. He was, a, as he's going to say next time, he was like advancing. He was very zealous and he was persecuting the church because it was a sect that needed to be ruled out. He was happily, uh, he was happy when P Christians were being killed until Jesus meets him uh, in a vision and knocks him blind and asks, what are you doing? And he's like, who are you, Lord? It's like, I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. And he is led by the hand in to Damascus and uh, Ananias has, has to go and pray for him. He's not just certain about that. He knows Paul. He prays for him. He gets his sight back. He gets baptized. And immediately he starts sharing about who Jesus is in the city. And he 
gets, starts getting persecuted. So this is the one who's writing the letter. He's met Jesus, and he will not have other people um, distort what Jesus has done. This, if you are, this is just the Mediterranean world at this time under Roman rule and the provinces and the different areas. And this is where Paul went on one of the, the third missionary journey, checking up on those four churches in Galatia. Um, Galatians had written between 45 and 57. It's very early of the writings. Um, if you remember from last time, Paul has just said that if he comes back or anyone else and the false teachers in the, that has been in Galatia, those people should be accursed that no one preaching a different gospel then the one Paul presented the first time should be accursed. From there follows this verse, which makes very good sense. He's saying, I am not seeking men's approval. Well, actually, he's, he's asking this rhetorical question. Am I seeking God's favor? Or am I seeking people's favor? Rhetorical because he's just said that people should be accursed, so he's not seeking man's approval because then he would have not <laughs> said the words he's just said in the letter. He would have not highly offended all the people who said something different. Now, The second part is is a little bit like the first. Like, who am I trying to please? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. So he's saying that if I would just speak so that people would accept what I said, I would have, like you, straight away from the gospel, away from Christ, and I would not be his servant. I would have rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ to please men and be enslaved to them. But I am not doing that, as he had just called curses on them. Paul could have, like I said, just pleased the people. He could have just, he could have just been like, okay, I, can't, I don't care. I don't want to start a controversy. I don't want the people at work not to like me. I don't want Facebook to go amok. I don't want my neighbor to think I'm weird. I will just let them do their false teaching and fall away from Jesus. But Paul can't do that. And he's not willing to do that. Because this is about the good news of Jesus Christ. I am not willing to let people 
lead people astray so that they go astray from Jesus and have no life at all to be slaves of men. So I must intervene. I must stand up like the man in that video and say, no, I am not going to stop following Jesus. And I'm not going to stop teaching what's right. And I'm not going to stop rejecting false teaching. I'm not going to stop because Paul's get, Paul loves Jesus and he loves the Galatians enough that he's not going to stop. He will continue to contend for them. I don't seek the approval of man. I live for God. And he says that even if you or other people seek the approval of men, you cannot serve Christ. You'll be serving a false gospel and a false God of the vain sand of vain praise of man that will leave you emptier than you were before, just like all other sin that promises this great thing. And then when you do it, then you find out that you're left in a worse state than the first one. I have another illustration that it was used. It is like, I guess it's somewhere else. <laughs> I will take it here. It's like, I am cold, so I will pee my pants. You will be warm for a very short time. And then you'll be very cold and have wet pants. It's not going to work because the praise of man will never reach the depth of your heart so that you will really believe what people say. And praise of man is so fleeting that the one who praises you one day can curse you this next day. Now the true only answer, and I will give the answer before we're done, but the true only answer has always been you are created in the image of an eternal God, the one who created the universe. You are made through and for Jesus Christ. We have to understand that there is the foundation of who we are as people. Now, God knew that we were not going to believe God. We are going to betray him and rebel against him. We are going to choose sin. We were like, oh, God probably doesn't know what he's doing. I want to be God. But God knowing that, had a plan and send Jesus to show his love for people. And that's the only true gospel, the only true good news that Paul is so heartily defending is that 
worth, value, meaning, understanding, everything that every heart so desperately needs and longs for is only found in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. That provides, God provides his only son to take care of our sins. What he said, what he wrote in the introduction, that's why it was so important in the introduction that the one that God raised from the dead and the one that can deliver us from sins and this present evil age by according to the will of God the Father, who should have all the glory forever, has shown us his love by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to set us free from sin, reconcile us to God, adopt us as God's, into God's family. That is true identity. That is what we all seek and what we all need. Cannot get that from the empty praise of man. So when we seek the praise of man, when we seek the approval of others, we are deviating and sliding away from Jesus. We are rejecting the gospel of Jesus. We are deserting the very God who created us and has drawn us to himself to seek the approval of God's creation. But they are just made by God. They are not God. God provides for us in Jesus to be recreated into a new creation in Christ and gives us the worth and value, not something we sought out by ourselves so somebody else created, gave to us. No, by the creator. If we seek it from what is created, we will become slaves of the people that we seek it from. We will destroy ourselves and them because they are not God. And you might be, yes, 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 I know all this. What does that practically mean? Well, good you asked. What about my, in my job? I have to perform. I have to please my boss. And I'll say, no, you don't. Because if you are believing in Jesus Christ, you are not, it is not your mission to please your boss. It is your mission to work for Jesus Christ. He is also a way better boss. The smart student will be, but that might have the same outcome. Yes, it might have the same outcome, but it's a difference in attitude and understanding that we serve no one except Jesus Christ. Because we don't seek, well, we shouldn't, <laughs> we sometimes do. Here, good job. Yes, but it's from the wrong person. Because ultimately, the way we are longing for that is when Jesus says it. 
well done, good and faithful servant. Not authorities and people over us in this life. I'm not saying you cannot, that it's bad if they do, but if we seek it, if we seek it as we seek it from Jesus, this can be destroying. And it's a shifting of the gospel and what we trust in. And now this, for the lazy person here, this is not, this is not, this is not a, a carte blanche or a, 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 this is not a me allowing you to do a horrible job. No, absolutely not. I'm calling you to have Jesus as your boss. And he knows everything, even your attitude. So he'd be like, hey, I know you did that with a bad attitude. No, uh, no credit for you. Like, so I'm not asking you to do a worse job. I'm asking you actually to do a better job for Jesus than for just people. Because what? Because of what he's done. And we work for a master who is not evil, who doesn't look for us to fail, but because we've been so loved by our master, Jesus, we want to do a job for his glory and not ours. So that is a job. What about in our family? Well, I start on a sad note. I, I, I am blessed to grow up in a family where I was loved and cared for. I thought everyone had that. Until I started substitute teaching, I, and I got to talk to children who were unwanted and their parents couldn't care less about them. Uh, that encouraged. We go on to say, well, we believe that there's a better, we believe that there is a way for those to have a true family and be adopted into God's family. That their identity is not in their human family even, but that they can have been they can be adopted and be fa in the family of God. There's the whole other, there's the whole other shift where I love my family and they give me value and worth. You can hear where I'm going. They are more important to me than Jesus. No, that is idol worship of your family. Your family does not give you, you worth and value. It's only found in Jesus Christ. And you'd be like, no, no, but I do. Yeah, what happens if your family dies? You have no worth and value. I was in the shower or on the way to the shower, and I was thinking, there's actually nothing in this world that cannot be taken away. So if we find our identity, our worth and value in something in this world, we will always be left with a hand empty of sand. Well, my job is to please my family. No, it is not. It is to serve God in Jesus Christ. 
But then, as a parent, I should be seeking my value and worth and my approval in my children. No, you should not. <laughs> Your children are an amazing gifts from God. You are to steward them. You are to point them to Jesus Christ. You should definitely not rely on them for your value and worth. And please don't live a life where you try to please them. That will go crazy wrong. You are an adult. They are not. Three-year-olds or one-year-olds should never run a household or the world. Jesus does, and he should. But I am a pious religious person, so I try to, I try to uh, get approval from my pastor and my other church people. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. Because you will turn into a religious person who thinks that the pastor or the other people in the church can give them value and worth, but they can't. No, please, please seek Jesus Christ instead. Seek to please him, not people. Not religious people, not me. Thus encouraged, we go to on to why do we do this? Well, I kind of already hinted at this. Because I, I know the feeling. It's not like, oh, I am up here reading the Bible, so I don't know this feeling. I do. It creeps in. I, like, I hope those people like me. I go to a meeting. I hope they like me, that they don't think I'm weird. Most of the time they do. But um, So I'm not, immune, I'm not immune from this. It's not like, it, it, it's not like I don't know. I, like, I, even every time I get up here, you know, like, I, I, I hope I do a good job. But I think that I, I think there's ways where we can see when we start to shift away from Jesus. And it's this, it's it's why am I now seeking this? Why would I get up here and seek for you to say that was a great sermon? Why? What in me is doing that? It's because I want afterwards to be on my knees praising God that he used me. Or is it, man, they think I'm awesome. Sometimes <clears throat> my wife has said to me when I did something, hey, you're doing a good job as a dad. Most of the time when she says that, I have a slightly confused look on my face. And I'm not really sure what to say. 
But if that was something I was seeking, I would run and publish it on Facebook. I would tell everyone. My wife said, I'm doing a great job. And Father, I need you, I need you also to say that because then I feel better about myself. I can be a better father. What I, what I have done sometimes, and this is not like a... I'm, I'm using this myself as an example. Just please bear with that. Um, I would be confused and says, I know myself, and it's not really me. I was saved by Jesus, and sometimes he does a good work in me. I think that... When we want to please people and then we become aware that we hope that they're going to praise us so that we feel better about who we are, either as a father, as a mother, as a, co as a worker, whatever arena it is in, it might be a sign we need to preach the gospel to ourselves again. That we're not seeking the approval of man that would run through our hands and is a false gospel that will lead us away from God, but instead run to Jesus who is what we need. It also works when we fail. <clears throat> when we fail and we repent and look to Jesus to help us in our despair, he has forgiveness. What are we going to do if we trust the people who praise us if they start slandering us? There's no hope of good news there but we can look to Jesus for his words. Question also, he, he led off with, to whom be the glory forever and ever, amen. God the Father, when you and I get praised, do we keep it? Or do we go to our knees and praise God for the work he's done in us because there's only one that's true worthy of praise. Or do we take it and keep it and hold on it to it for our value and worth? We'll turn into sand and fall on the ground. Enslavement has begun or inflated ego. We must when praised, praise Jesus for the things he's doing in us and not rely on ourselves or other people's words because they will never be enough. If we do not believe Jesus' words about us, we're not going to believe other people's praise 
But it is important for the church and for the people in the church to be relevant in society. Ooh, I have a hard time with this one. So I'll try to be <laughs> calm. I would ask, at what cost? If we deny the only gospel in Jesus Christ, then no. Myers is laughing because he thought I was going to curse there. I was also close. But no, it is not the job of you or the church to be so relevant that Jesus is not part of the message. It seems like when people say relevant, it means compromise and not standing in the good news of Jesus Christ. So no, relevancy is not of utmost importance. And I think it's a stupid question. Because do you think the Lord of the universe is relevant? Yes. I think Jesus is, yes. It's given that it's relevant. But we don't change who he is to accommodate. This one goes along with what the video said. Well, if I stand in Jesus, Jesus Christ's gospel, I will get in trouble. Yeah, you will. There's actually a really good chance you will. Because Jesus promised that to his disciples. Jesus said, you are blessed when you are slandered and suffer for my name's sake. And with great joy, the disciples praised God after they were counted worthy to be beaten for the name of Jesus. It is better. Is it better not to get in trouble and forsake God? Or is it better to get in trouble? with Jesus then it is to lose the good news of Christ for the praise of man or for them to think that we are cool Jesus clearly says it also you cannot love the world and God well he says money um, James says the world you cannot love anything in the world and God, you need to choose. Jesus says you cannot love money. And God, you have to choose. As I've been saying, I'm wondering that our, I'm wondering when we seek the approval of men and people pleasing is because we think God's too far away. We seek immediate affirmation from what is created. But none of you here are in doubt of how you communicate with God. How you hear from God what the truth is, you know that prayer, reading of the word, worship, seeking Jesus rightly will lead you to the truth of the good news of the gospel. Why then forfeit that communication with the Lord of all the earth, Jesus Christ, 
the Holy Spirit for the sad praise of man. Oh, you make it sound so simple. Yes, I do. And maybe it actually is also very, very scary simple. I don't think the gospel is complicated. I think we like to complicate it because then we get excuses. Because it comes down to do I really believe the gospel? Do I really believe that God is drawing us near? That we can talk to God? That we can worship God? That God can lead me every step of every day by his Holy Spirit in real time? Every second of my day, do I believe that? If not, we will be prone to seek affirmation and praise other, other places. But it will not work. It will be fleeting like sand through the fingers. And as Paul writes, we cannot be the servant of Jesus Christ if we are pleasing man. We can only have one master, and Jesus Christ is a much better master. Objections. You would say, well, okay, 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 okay. I am not forsaking Jesus Christ and the gospel. I just need people to say I'm good or good enough or praise me, say I'm great. Then why? Why? And when you do, who do you serve? Serve yourself or them? Paul is clear. You're not serving Christ. As we've accomplished by this time, uh, that me and Paul today are not trying to run a popularity contest, then I would have not pressed on you today. Because then I wouldn't have pointed to some of the places in your life that could have this tendency. It is more important for you to hear the true gospel than it is for Paul to be popular with the Galatians or for me to be popular with you. When I preach and want to point you to the good news of gospel. It is never with me with a hammer up here saying, you're stupid, you're dumb. No, it's within an invitation from Jesus to repent where you have seen the gospel wrong, where you're actually trusting in something else than Jesus. And I am trying to shine a light on Jesus and you see him clear and he's standing there with you looking at you saying, come back. Repentance in invita is invitation into knowing Jesus better, into trusting him, him more because he actually can satisfy 
the needs we're trying to satisfy when we are seeking it from other people. Today we're also exploring how much do I actually believe the good news? Is it enough to hold my identity? Is it enough that I would actually trust it and live it out without having to seek that vain praise of man or approval by others? And I'm actually also trying to point to how ridiculous we are sometimes that we seek to prove of someone God created instead of looking to the one who created everyone, who has a better gospel, who has shown us in his son Jesus that we can be not just have good words, but what God said is you can be loved, adopted, you're creating the God's image, you can be restored to God in Christ, you can live by the Holy Spirit. You have everything in Christ. Is that not more than we need? Seeking the praise of man will always lead to slavery. But being said in the gospel will lead us to freedom in Christ, not to please people, but to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. That will be for the glory of God and for the good of others. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we have considered your word, I I pray for your spirit to move in us. I pray where there's I pray where the evil one would come in with condemnation and shame. My Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would jump in with a great invitation to come to you. I pray where we have what we've actually where the word today has left us exposed, Lord, I pray that you are helping us see by the Holy Spirit we need to trust in you, Jesus. That the, the, the truth of the gospel is that we actually can trust in you all the time. That we don't need the praise of man and we don't need other people to give us value and worth because that is only truly found in who you are. So I pray that you would help us with that. Help us to believe the good news of the gospel. And Lord, I... I thank you. I thank you for the testimonies that we heard today. I thank you for the testimony of the man giving up his life for Jesus and you, Jesus, that other people would hear. Pray for strength and boldness and courage for us to live with only by the foundation of who you are and live that out. That the one we seek to please is you to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. May you be our audience. May you be 
the glory is one we seek. May we believe the words that we can come to you and get your strength. We pray that when we do get praise, when we do get good job, when we do get encouragements, that we will praise you. That we'll give the praise to the one who deserves it. It'll even be a moment for us to share. Why? Because you are the one who's done the work, Jesus. Pray that you'll be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, if you heard words of condemnation, uh, you suck, you stink, you know, like you're horrible. That's not that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is drawing you near instead and say, Hey, come, come, come where there's true life. Come to Jesus. Um, yeah. If you want somebody to pray with you, if you want to talk to me, you're welcome to that. There's also people around. Uh, don't just shrug it off. If the Lord has been uh, pressing on you, probably a good idea to have somebody to talk to and to pray with. Um, so I encourage you to do that. Um, we will end with... Um, With celebrating the uh, the Lord's uh, supper, so if you can, can you come and help? Um, so Paul writes as he's writing to the Corinthians, he's he, he's talking about um, what Jesus did, and uh, he shares with them. If I receive from the Lord what I also leave it to you. That on the that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, "This is my body, body, which is giving for you. Do this in remembrance of me." In the same way he also took the cup after the supper, saying, "This is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you're drinking in remembrance of me." And. So just a few things is like if you needed to do business with God from the sermon, if you're like, I really need to trust Jesus and not like trust in the praise of man, like you really, then you need to do that before you come take communion. You need to do that business with God, like lay those things down. Um, here we believe that the Lord's Supper is supposed to be taken by the people who believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Uh, and so if that is you, you're welcome to come and participate. Um, I just will pray. And then you're welcome to come and take a piece of the bread and dip it into the cup.